Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Jackie Speer was one of the 55 lawmakers who decided to not run for re-election last year. The California Democrats spent more than five decades in public service, and the last 15 years of that time was in Congress, representing constituents in San Mateo and San Francisco counties. The Bay Area local has been known for amplifying women's voices, for speaking out against gun violence, and for her legislative work with the military and national security. Much of Spears' career was informed by personal tragedies. The one that's often brought up was surviving the 1978 airstrip shooting in Guyana, just before the Jonestown Massacre. As a legislative aide to California Representative Leo Ryan, she traveled to Jonestown to investigate Jim Jones's People's Temple cult. That visit ended in a shooting that killed her boss and others and a mass murder-suicide of more than 900 people. Spear barely survived. She shared how that experience shaped her career in a 2018 Chronicle interview. Guyana, for all the mind-boggling elements of it, had this incredible silver lining for me. I lived. I I was given a second chance at life that most people never have. So I've felt a real personal obligation to make the most of it. In the years since, that personal obligation translated to a long career in public service. She had some notable moments. Spear famously shared her personal abortion story on the House floor during debates about Planned Parenthood funding in 2011. She took aim at Representative Chris Smith from New Jersey. I lost a baby. But for you to stand on this floor and to suggest, as you have, that somehow this is a procedure that is either welcomed or done cavalierly or done without any thought is preposterous. In 2017, she was the first member of Congress to call for President Donald Trump's removal by invoking the 25th Amendment. I'm concerned for the American people. I'm concerned about him having his finger on the button that could send nuclear warheads uh, around the world. Today on Fifth Emission, Washington correspondent Cher Stein shares her exit interview with the Congresswoman. She spoke with Spear during one of her final weeks in office to reflect on her legacy and her advice for her remaining colleagues in Congress. What regrets does Spear have from her career and what can Bay Area residents expect from her now? Cher Stein, welcome to Fifth Emission. Thanks for having me. Shira, Jackie Spear had a career of more than 50 years in public service. She's survived some personal tragedies during that time and used her voice to advocate for issues that were really close to her heart. How did she decide to end that career? Why was this the right time for her to step down? She said it was actually a promise to her husband. Um, She made a promise to him that if she could get sexual assault taken out of the chain of command, that she would retire. And towards the end of last Congress, she was able to do that. She was able to get it so that sexual assault complaints are no longer 
adjudicated in the military hierarchy, and that had been a long-term goal for her. And so when she accomplished that, he reminded her of her promise. I thought I could go back to him and he would release me from that promise, <laughs> but he didn't, you know? We've got to keep our promises. And even though she said she actually wanted to stay back a little bit more, um, she kept her promise and decided to retire. But she plans to still stay engaged in politics in some way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she mentioned to me how she already has been asked to come back and testify in a hearing on Capitol Hill. And she's actually starting her own foundation for women and families in poverty in San Mateo County. She hasn't given a lot of details about that foundation, um, but what she has said is that she hopes that this can create a model for other areas that deal with such huge disparate income such as San Mateo County does. Well, I'd love to talk more about her career highlights. And throughout that career, Jackie Spear has repeatedly positioned herself as an advocate for women. What are some moments that earned her this reputation as a lawmaker? I think one of the key moments that everyone goes back to is her speech talking about her abortion on the House floor. I had a procedure at 17 weeks, pregnant with a child, that had moved from the vagina into the cervix. And that procedure that you just talk about was a procedure that I endured. I've spoken to her staff, and they actually had no idea she was going to do that. And she said she didn't either. Politicians sometimes say that, and you don't always believe them. But in this case, it really seemed true. She said that she was just so inflamed by what a colleague was saying about Planned Parenthood that spontaneously she decided to get up and give this speech talking about her experience of abortion. There is a vendetta against Planned Parenthood, and it was played out in this room tonight. Planned Parenthood has a right to operate. Planned Parenthood has a right to provide services for family planning. Planned Parenthood has a right to offer abortions. Since then, a number of other women lawmakers have, have talked about their own abortions publicly, but she was the first one to do it. And other women lawmakers have actually brought up her as their inspiration for doing so. So that's a huge thing. She also got arrested during protests after the Dobbs decision was leaked, rolling back Roe versus Wade. She has been a huge advocate on sexual assault, both on Capitol Hill and in the military, trying to stop it in both of these huge institutions that face so many of these kinds of issues. So then, Shira, the advocacy that she's done for women throughout her career, is that something that Spears sees as part of her lasting legacy then? She definitely said that was a, a huge part. I mean, part of the way I thought about this interview with her is having these moments, having her talking about her career for history, for posterity's sake. She has definitely made history in so many ways. And she's one of those lawmakers that isn't the most prominent that people across the country don't know as well, unless you mention Jonestown. But she is such a unique member of Congress with such a unique backstory. I think that my legacy will be one in which the voices of women were heard, whether it was on the House floor talking about my abortion or you know, creating an opportunity for members to go to the border to express our outrage of separating mothers and children, women's voices being heard and amplified. Now, Spirit often talks about 
her own personal tragedies and relates it to the legislative work she does. She survived the Jonestown massacre, has suffered from gun violence directly. And obviously, you know, things like the recent tragedy in Uvalde is top of mind. Gun violence is still a really big issue. How did she say her experience with gun violence, how did that shape her position on gun control? She said her experience in Jonestown being shot five times um, is the reason she went into public service, is the reason she ran for office. She said that while she was laying on that tarmac, she vowed that if she survived, she would dedicate her life to public service. And she, she kept that promise. I think certainly Jonestown made me realize how fragile I was. But it, it also made me fearless. You know, when I've taken on the correctional guards in the state legislature or the military here in Congress, I do so without any regrets because I've had these tormenting experiences in life that make you realize you just, you're not guaranteed tomorrow, so make, you know, make it work. When it comes to gun violence, in many ways, it feels like a debate in Washington and not something that people actually go through. And so she's able to humanize that experience of actually surviving a mass shooting. She said that especially when there would be moments of silence and thoughts and prayers on the House floor, it would just be really, really frustrating for her. You know, I walked out of those moments of silence and decided I was going to do something different. And so for one year, I posted outside my office photographs of everyone who was the victim of a mass shooting for that year. And it wrapped around the whole side of my office. We put a black banner around families because you lose sight of that too. There's a lot of families that get wiped out because of gun violence. More of Shira Stein's interview with Congresswoman Jackie Speer after a quick break. What can we expect from Speer's successor, Kevin Mullen? And what advice does she have to offer her colleagues about fixing Congress? We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Shira Stein, before the break, you shared how Jackie Speer used her own experience with gun violence to inform her legislative priorities. What are some other examples of how she's used her personal experiences? The one that she got most choked up about while we were talking was talking about the the death of her late husband. Um, this was very early in her political career, and he was hit by a drunk driver, and that experience just really really changed her and really affected her. The death of my husband when I was pregnant with our second child after having a real hard time getting pregnant and then having miscarriages was devastating. And, you know, I was three months from bankruptcy. It was like the whole world was crashing in on me. I couldn't breathe. Um, But, you know, one foot in front of the other. She has just been a really unique voice talking about how to turn your own personal tragedy into something meaningful. And it really displays her resiliency, too, right? Yeah, absolutely. That is so much more of a norm that we see in Washington and we see in Congress now. Our lawmakers talking about their own personal stories to make the policies they're trying to get past more understandable, more relatable. 
but I think she was really an early part of kind of pioneering that method of of legislating and lawmaking. So did she share any regrets with you from her career? Yeah. The big one, she said, was the Equal Rights Amendment, which would guarantee equality of rights under the law, regardless of sex. Um, Some folks, especially Republicans, would argue that it's no longer needed. But folks like Speer would argue there are still inequalities in our law. There are still inequalities in our society that having the ERA as part of our Constitution would help remedy. We're the only country that has a written Constitution in the world that doesn't have an Equal Rights Amendment. And it's shameful. It's shameful that that bill has been introduced in every Congress since 1923. We're coming on 100 years and we can't get it into the Constitution. It's like, so that's a big regret. The other regret that she talked about, a big one, there's a practice. uh, It's often called revenge porn, although a lot of advocates don't like that term. Basically, it's where someone shares a intimate photo without the consent of that person. So, you know, say a woman takes a topless photo and sends it to her boyfriend. They break up and he decides to post it on the Internet. This kind of practice is pretty common. There's actually been a number of lawsuits around this in recent years, um, but she wanted to make it criminal conduct federally, and that's something that she wasn't able to get passed at the end of her time in Congress. So, Shara, what do you think we can expect from Spears' successor, Kevin Mullen? What are you anticipating with this changing of the guard? I think it's going to be really fascinating. I mean, he used to work for Spear back in her district. So he definitely, I think, is going to take a lot of lessons from her. I spent his first two couple of days with him in Congress. I think he's going to have some different priorities. For her, huge priorities were the military, were um, national intelligence. And when him and I were talking, he mentioned his work in Sacramento on democracy and voting. So I think there will also be a lot of commonalities between the two of them. You know, it's the same district, so it's the same constituents who care about issues like climate change and the economy and the roughly 300 biotechnology companies in the district. In the Bay Area, it tends to be that lawmakers stay for quite a long time in their posts. And so I think we're about to start seeing this changing of the guard in a number of districts in the coming years. And so I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how the Bay Area changes in the coming years and how its lawmakers do. Now, with how divisive politics are these days, Sherrod, how did Spear feel about leaving it all? And does she offer any advice to her remaining colleagues on how to fix Congress? Yeah, she was ready to leave, but she also was thinking about her legacy and thinking about giving advice to her colleagues. There's often this sort of thing said about, you know, Washington is broken, Congress is broken. And I think a lot of our interview reflected that. I think you got to get rid of the filibuster. You know, this effort to somehow stop legislation because you could have one member put a hold on it. It's just wrong. It, it really makes, it makes me embarrassed, frankly, that we, we do so little. She also really talked about, you know, her advice to, to future lawmakers, to new lawmakers, as think about the, the reforms that this institution could use. Be really smart about those kinds of issues. Use your power the way you can, separate and distinct from, you know, your vote on the floor or your speech here. I mean, when just something happens, call for a briefing by that agency. Amplify the issue by doing a press conference. That's how we can really help our constituents. She also mentioned a colleague of her said, 
you know, some people come to Congress to be someone, some come to Congress to do something. And she definitely said that has been a key thing for her and something that she would recommend, especially to to her successor in thinking about how Washington works. And I think that was especially in front of mine last week as we saw this crazy protracted battle for the speakership on the House floor all week. I hope they look at this institution with a jaundiced eye and recognize that, that it needs to have significant reforms. I guess my advice would be to them, you know, just put the people first. So do you think, Shira, Bay Area residents can expect a different kind of presence from Spear moving forward? You mentioned she has some upcoming work in the area. What can we anticipate from her? I don't think she's going away anytime soon. And she definitely said that. I think San Mateo County residents should expect to see a lot more of her because she won't be flying back and forth from D.C. every week. I think she's also you know, going to spend more time with her family. Like I said, the flying back and forth, it does take a toll on members of Congress. Often you'll hear when they retire, they say that that's what was um, was hard for them while they were in office and why they left. I'm not exiting my passion and commitment for the people I represent in San Francisco and San Mateo County. I'm not leaving the arena, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm just going to have to do it without the powerful megaphone on the House floor. Well, Shira, thank you so much for sharing your conversation with Jackie Spear with us. I appreciate it. It's very insightful. Thank you. Shira Stein is the Washington correspondent for the San Francisco Chronicle. Find her coverage, including more from her exit interview with Jackie Spear at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thank you to Francesca Fenzi for producing this episode and to you for listening. (laughs) 